I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 35 of Season 6 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capresque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today to finish off week number seven is Niall McGowan of the Bat Minute. Welcome back, Niall. Oh, I was almost gone, Rob, but then apparently um, the listeners voted, and the only reason they'll listen to uh minute 35 is, is is if i'll do it so yes i'm 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 back for it i'm back baby well if, if they're only willing to let you do it i don't, I don't we'll have to wait and see <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have a debate up and up in heaven about that but uh, that'll only be on monday so who knows <laughs> all right so minute 35 begins with the board beginning to debate and ends with campbell protesting so we, we ended things yesterday. There was things going on in a boardroom, or or maybe it's Peter Bailey's office. Uh, the assumption is pretty Peter Bailey's office, which is now George's office, which, again, explains why at the beginning of the week we saw a picture of of uh, Peter Bailey on the wall, because that would be really weird, having a picture of yourself in your own office. You know, a little strange. I mean, by yourself. I think some people do do If that. it was a picture, no, a picture of themselves by themselves or a picture of them with their family or with uh, their loved one or with uh, i don't know the president the prime minister whoever you know that 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 makes more sense that's a in uh max shrek's office in batman returns <laughs> there's pictures of uh, chris walken with ronald reagan and arnold schwarzenegger on the wall there you go you see that a, makes sense Doesn't and then we also sense? had the headcanon of like is that arnold schwarzenegger or is that victor freeze so you see these with mm-hmm. you know it depends on what level of continuity you want there to be between the, the movies at that point well it's it's victor freeze before he you know uh became evil so you know he was he, he so max shrek had a picture with a renowned scientist yeah, yeah, that's, that's what we yeah. chose to believe at the time. We're like, no, we're gonna keep it going. Some people would argue that there's like Batman and Robin is in no way a sequel to Batman Returns. They're they're so drastically different. But I'm saying no, I'm choosing to believe. But 100 is uh, is for sure. Uh, actually, Max Shrek and Victor Freeze, what their wheelings and dealings were, is their business, quite frankly. But uh, I can't imagine it was anything good, you know. But right, that, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. But again, you know, when it comes to, to different movies with different show uh, showrunners or whatever, you know, you know, that are in the same series, it's a question of do you want to believe it's all the same continuity or not? Or do you want to do what James Cameron did was, you know, he just came out with a movie and said, ah, forget about those other movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, I think it's much better having the looking at it, the full franchise. And I, I again, I like what Marvel did with that by, you know, with with the Spider-Man. You know, with the with the with the idea of Spider-Man, where you know what they can do is, is okay, there's just multiple universes, and let's just put them all together. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I, I I like the way that they 
they looked at it from that perspective. I mean, they did that to a, to a lesser uh, to a lesser degree with uh, the Flash this past summer with what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I liked that's it also. That's my uh, spoilers for the end of the Flash, where the the little joke at the end is that Barry ends up in the universe, ends up in the Batman and Robin universe, where George, George Clooney is Batman. Correct. Uh, which I I loved personally, but my only beef was it should have been George Clooney the whole movie, because like as much as I love Michael Keaton, he's wasted in that movie. Like it's just it's cool to see him, but it's just like well, there's no. It doesn't feel like Michael Keaton's Gotham or anything. He's, he's not really doing. There's, there's no real references to the previous movies or anything like that. It's just him back in the suit, and plus his version of Batman is isn't all that dissimilar in terms of characterization and presence from you know Ben Affleck's Batman. And so my pitch is like it should have been George Clooney the whole time and Barry going into a universe from seeing a cool Batman that's Ben Affleck and he's all brooding and dark and violent and stuff. And then encountering weird, nippled, you know, <laughs> rubber suit, fetishy, campy, silly Batman in George Clooney. And just that, there you go. That's your movie right there. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I feel that was one of the many wasted opportunities of The Flash. That was the most egregious one to me is that they didn't, uh, you know, dump. I, th- I, don't, I don't know what you'd have to pay George Clooney to get him to do that. Uh, but he did do a cameo. I don't know what they paid him for that. Um but he didn't shave for it, I noticed. So I don't know if they could ever afford to get him to do it. <laughs> uh, but yes, yes. Uh, sorry, I went off. A little, uh, you got me started on a little Batman. No, that's okay. We are allowed to get off on tangents in situations like this. It's perfectly okay. <laughs> so yes, the, the board is talking about things. And then, uh, you know, Uncle Billy is next to George. He goes, boy, oh boy, that was telling him, George, oh boy. You shut his big mouth. You should have heard him. And he, you know, he's talking to, to, to the two cousins out there. Uh, uh, yeah, what are their names? Uh, Enos and uh, Tilly, I think are their names, or something like that. And uh, oh what happened? We heard a lot of yelling. Well, you think there is there is, is there anyone these days called Enos? Is that is that name survived into modern day culture? Or is that like I, oh, I, I don't died think out so. in like 1952? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think it uh, made it made it much further. <laughs> yeah, you have cousin cousin Tilly and cousin Eustace. Sorry, it's Eustace. Is his name? Oh, okay. Which, okay, yeah, which, yeah. which, which that, that's, that's a name we use. That's a name use a name we use every day. So that makes sense. <laughs> you know, I, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to tell the, the most egregious thing I saw uh, in this moment though is the presence of. That is it a crow or is it a raven? What do you want to call? We will we will get into that momentarily. Okay. <laughs> How did you know I was going to talk about that? Hmm. I mean, it's the one it's the one thing that's just like you got to talk about that. What the, what the hell's happening there? That's right. <laughs> and uh, so first, I want to go through what we're what the, the conversation, and then we'll go back to the to this this uh, bird that's sitting there, and and you know so. Th- you know, we hear that that, that Eustace and, and Tilly are quite uh, curious as to what's happened. You know, they, they, they said we heard a lot of yelling. <laughs> you, you'd think that building at that time, you know, the, the walls weren't really very thick. They probably could have heard what was being said and what was being done. Maybe they're trying to um, 
they're trying to feign like a kind of politeness of like, oh, we weren't trying to hear you. Like, you know, they probably maybe maybe they 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 actually did literally hear everything, but they're like, oh, we don't want to seem like we're nosying in, but like we're uh, right. we're trying to yeah. <laughs> it could be, but again, it it I mean we've we've already learned that this is a family business. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, these these are cousins. They're they're mm. you know, uh, the the Baileys kept it. I mean, we they never really explain how they are connected and how are they related but the we we know that they are definitely part of the extended bailey family let's put it that way mm. and that's yeah. how they got these jobs <laughs> mm. also too but maybe it'll be like it's like oh you guys are supposed to be out here working not listening in to what what what, what this private meeting is all about but like so they're like oh you know we tried we couldn't quite hear what was going on in there but uh we definitely weren't over try literally at the door crackling listening to every single word the whole time but correct um but also too they might want to be like can you recite exactly what you said to potter again because that was great <laughs> like we want to we want to stitch that into a thing to put up above the mantle you know <laughs> well the, again i mean we do have um you know uh, uncle billy exp- telling them how much he really is happy about the fact that he was able to tell off uh potter so that already yeah, starts yeah. things off by you know, by him basically saying, you know, that, that okay, this, you know, you, you, this is the guy who knows how, what to say and how to say it. Yeah, yeah. You know, that type of thing. Um, you know, it, it makes you wonder, though, if they've, if things like this have ever happened before. You know, is this the first time that they're able to see the way that George acts uh, when in a confrontation like this or not? Mm-hmm. It's um oh for sure for sure yeah definitely you know that's something that that's something that makes me curious about it you know is it is is this something that that uh you know that for the last three months or even for the last uh was it two years since the you know that that uh, since he graduated that he's been there mm-hmm. is has he always been this type of person in the office or if Peter was there he didn't need to do these things. Mm-hmm. You know, I think only probably, now, only now does he come out of his shell. I guess you can say. I think they probably they've probably heard rants about Potter before from George. I'd say there's probably maybe he hasn't been that full flight with it. Like he's he's not been you know that passionate. But I imagine he's probably like cause he you know he probably has. They're they're probably well aware of how he feels about the scenario. And he probably has little sort of asides of like oh yeah you know you know as the, the, they're probably um. They've seen this side of George before, but just not to this extent. I'd imagine is a is the scenario. Uh-huh. Okay, that, that 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 is fair to to look at it from that perspective. Also, it's true. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it it the I mean they're they're all curious. They're all they want to know what's going on. You know, and then and then before George even has a chance to respond, because I think George is still a little bit in shock that he was acting this way. You know that mm. that he actually did speak his mind. You know, so then mm-hmm. Uncle Billy goes, well, we're being voted out of business after 25 years. Easy come, easy go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a real, like, you need, you need George here. <laughs> because of this thing. Not yeah. only, I have a feeling if George, would, not only would Billy just let it go, he'd probably end up like, do, you know, Potter would have him over a barrel and probably make it even worse somehow. <laughs> by That's the right. Way. Oh, by the way, Billy, you also now owe me 50 grand as well for some reason. Like, oh, 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 what? <laughs> like, did uh, did you did you notice where George went while they're talking? No, no, see. Well, he walks into he walks into the vault. 
Ooh. Okay, and takes out his hat and jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that'd be, you know, not to get to harp on about how much George seems to have an open disdain for the town and you know, and the business itself, though. But he's just like, yes, I, I go in and I work in the vault. And I don't want anyone talking to me because I just want to go in there and get this over with, goddammit. That's right. And uh, while the, I'm in the vault, I'm going to I'm gonna go in and, uh, you know, I'm going to keep my hat and jacket in there. Which again yeah. doesn't make any sense, but okay. So also, too, they're they're shocked that he was like this with Potter because they're more like, "Oh, George, all you ever say when you're here is like how much you hate this town and how much you can't wait to leave and how much you didn't understand why your dad opened this business and like you're sitting." It seems like you hate everyone and everything in this town. It's uh, you know, uh, fair enough, but like you have to keep saying to us all the time. But one thing I hate even more than this town is Potter. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now we're going to go back to what you talked about at the beginning of this minute. Um, so this bird. Yes. Okay, so this bird it actually has a name and actually has more IMDb cre- IMDb credits than than many uh, than than any of the people in this movie, perhaps all of them together. No, actually, probably not all together. But but okay, so the the it's it's actually a it's the it's known as Jimmy the Crow, even though he's a raven. <laughs> he's he's a raven. He's not a he's not a crow. Okay, and yeah, that's the thing though. You find out like so. No, Jimmy Stewart apparently hated been called Jimmy. He was always James. Oh, Stewart. just wait, wait a second. We're getting there. We're getting there. I find out, but yeah, Jimmy the Crow hated been called the, Jimmy. The, he loved Jimmy, but he hated the crow part because like, no, I'm Jimmy the Raven. God damn it. That's right. So Jimmy the the Crow slash Raven was in more than one thousand movies between the nineteen thirties and fifties. Holy okay. moly! The first I'm sure mo- it's the same Raven every time. Like, oh, I, yeah, I don't no, know that. Guy, I, yeah. I I didn't check that. So, but so this is this is the information that I got. Okay, that he first appeared in in Frank Capra's "You Can't Take It With You" in nineteen thirty eight, and he was in every Capra movie after that. Uh, including <laughs> this movie, you know he's he's Uncle Billy's uh, uh, pet. He what is. What does Raven have on Frank Capra? Like, what, 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 what was he blackmailed? That's right. And he, uh, the, the the this Raven was actually in the Wizard of Oz. He lands on the scare, scarecrow. Hmm. Apparently, uh, the 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 bird was found in the Mojave Desert in 1934. And he was trained <laughs> by a uh, Hollywood uh, animal trainer named Curly uh, Tweeford, uh, who named him Jimmy. And he taught him to do all these different types of tricks to make it look like he's typing or opening letters. And he was able to, like, ride a tiny motorcycle. And therefore, the, they, they also knew that he understood about uh, 100 words. Mm, mm. And the, some of them they, they used to use, uh, you know, throughout the the training or the use of him in movies and stuff like that. Um, I'm, like, I'm, lo- I'm loving how seemingly mystical. <laughs> that's right. Well, become. again, we're, we're back to Harry Potter. Desert. If you don't know, like, and that probably is just like, oh, this was this was literally the Raven that haunted Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> like, there you go. It was over. It was over the bust of palace on top of Frank Capra's chamber door every night, apparently, as well. Like, put in your movies, Frank. <laughs> yes. And he, they, they claimed that the, 
his trainer claimed that he was able to do just about any task that an eight-year-old could do. Wow. Holy moly. Yeah. Now I kind of want to do, like, there should be, like, a, you know, those guys who were doing, like, the Wilder ride of all the movies of Gene Wilder minute by minute. There should, there should be Jimmy the Raven minute. Where he's just like, hey, we're going through all 1,000 movies he was in. Maybe not minute by minute, but at least a show of just like, yeah, we're going to go review all the Jimmy the Raven movies. This is to see what was his best work. That should be a, a, a new section for you there. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll mention it to Alan. I, I, I speak to Alan every day, so I will mention it to him later today that that, that yeah. you've thought of an idea of what he can do and that he should, you know, now that the Wilder ride is 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 done, he should, you know, jump on and do the uh, Jimmy Jimmy the Raven minute. <laughs> Or you, you yourself is like, add in, like, oh, no, there's a new section now every week. You know, top five Jimmy the Raven movie. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe next season. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> well, we, 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 again, we, we did have – Batman Returns comes up in the, coming up in these episodes a lot. But I know that um, we did have a similar thing in Darla the Dog, the little poodle that the poodle lady has, which was also precious in Science of the Lambs, and it's in – I think it's in the burbs and stuff like that, like this little dog. But it's only got like five movies to its name. Oh, wow. You're like, oh, I recognize that dog. But like a thousand, you're t- and it's the same Raven. It's not just some guy. It's Again, that's like, what that is what, what what's written here in Wikipedia. I, I cannot. That's, I've, I've, I've got a vibe. This guy is just like, oh no, yeah, he's got like a, a cage full of ravens back there. He's like, oh, it's the same one. And oh, he can do all this. It came. I was I was dying of thirst in the sands of the Mojave Desert. And he, he flew out of nowhere and saved me. <laughs> and Jimmy Stewart. Would you even get the Raven in the Mojave? Like, it's, 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 I don't know. That, Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. This Absolutely. is all questions that need to be answered in the Jimmy the Raven show. That, uh, there you go. The album's gonna get That's right. The Jimmy the Raven show that Niall will be uh, hosting. So. <laughs> I've got the other ideas I want to do, but this Jimmy the Raven thing now is like, I mean, I think it's got legs. It's got wings, this idea. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy the Raven will fly. Although then, uh, like, how many of his movies could I get through in my lifetime? <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, <laughs> well, it depends if you're doing an episode for each of the thousand movies. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? So, but, uh, uh, like, oh, he's, uh, he was also uh, married to uh, Clara Bow for a while. <laughs> and they had, <laughs> he has seventeen wives. Jimmy the Raven. Yeah. Uh, and he so does, apparently, does it say how he died? Did he, did he I, we're, 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 get, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> All right. So basically, the uh, Jimmy Stewart said that when when they were when they made this movie, that uh, the Raven is the smartest actor on the set, requiring fewer retakes than his human counterparts. <laughs> and he said when they would call Jimmy, we both would answer. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Maybe that's why he went by James. He's like, uh, the, the 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 Raven has authority over me. <laughs> like that's right. That's the Jimmy of the set. I, I'm I'm just James. Correct. They they insured him for ten thousand dollars, and mm-hmm. he had a uh, he was basically Jimmy was paid five hundred dollars a week, and his his and Curly was paid two hundred dollars a week. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Um, and uh, and basically, also, uh, basically the insurance the policy of the Playboy Mansion. Uh, he was who knows? And basically, like the, all his photos Hugh Hefner and a bunch of bunnies and a raven that perched on their shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> and and basically, they they they, they you know the, the the insurance policy was is that that uh, if if ever Jimmy forgot his words on the set, then you know they would have to pay up. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> now, Curly uh, Twifford basically said that, that this is what, uh, you know, just having Jimmy was what kept him afloat during World War II. Oh, man, I'm not surprised. Like, everything about it feels and like it's he was pulling right. some kind of uh, mm-hmm. some, some kind of trickery here. Oh, for sure, uh, for sure. And they over the course of the years, he had 21 different stand-ins. Uh, when most of them were actually female ravens who would fill in for him on the set when he wasn't required to do any tricks or things like that. <laughs> and uh, uh, Jimmy actually has his footprints enshrined in the cement that uh, at a, outside of a large uh, L.A. pet store. Uh, oh, which, oh which, I, was, I was really excited. I thought it was going to be the proper walk of fame there. Yeah, so did I, so did I. So I, and along with Lassie and other Hollywood animals and things like that, his last credited film was Three Ring Circus in 1954. Mm-hmm. Oh, not, it's not, not much too much too much uh, longer to go, Jimmy. At this point, I guess. Yeah, and uh, Curly died in 1960, and nobody. Sorry, he died in 1956 at the age of 60, and nobody knows what happened to Jimmy after that. <laughs> oh, oh, what the? Oh my God! He's sleeping with the fishes. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You, you, you could be off doing anything. You might still be going. <laughs> well, they claim, oh, no, they claim that ravens only uh, live around 30 years when they're in captivity. Yeah, not, not so mystical ravens from the Mojave Desert. <laughs> the, the ones that appear out of nowhere. No, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm headcanning now. Like Jimmy the Raven lives. He's, he's still going. He's got yeah. a thriving Bollywood career that we're not aware of or something. Correct. <laughs> And so now we're we're back in the scene, you know, when uh, Uncle uh, Uncle Billy is uh, it just says "Easy come, easy go," and then Tilly is is holding a newspaper and goes, "Here it is, help wanted, female." And then uh, Ernie comes into the room, and you know, we we talked a little bit about Ernie in passing earlier this week, and he goes, "You still want me to hang around, George?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'll be right down." Yeah, hey, you'll miss your train. You're a week late for school already. Go on. You know, so Billy wants, uh, he, and then he, he basically wants George to leave. He's like, he's given up already. And then yeah. uh, basically, you know, what, what we, we actually understand now that if he's a week late for school, so it must be like mid-September or something like that. You know, the, the prom or the dance was in June, and then they had the three months over the summer that they were all in mourning for, for Paul Bailey. And then here, you know, we're, we're at a point where they basically – uh, you know, he's ready to go to go to college, but he's already a week late. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, George, he's like pacing around and he looks over and he goes, what's going on in there? And then Uncle Billy goes, oh, never mind. Don't worry about that. They're putting us out of business. So what? I can get another job. I'm only 55. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tilly Although goes, that, Nowadays, though, that feels like it's a, it's a genuine, like a, back then it would have been like, oh, people have retired in like 60 years or something. Nowadays, the unfortunate thing is, it's like, yeah, folks, <laughs> somebody going, yeah, I got another job. I'm only 55. Is he? That's just the reality of the world, pretty much. Correct. Correct. It makes sense. Mm. And you know, but but again, this is 77 years ago, so obviously he's in a little bit of a uh, 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 he's he, he's he's delusional that that it'll be easy for him to get a job at the age of 55, especially if he can't even remember. You know, to go to uh, his own nephew's uh, wedding, but whatever, we'll, we'll we'll get there in a few weeks. <laughs> and then every he goes, one, like every, 
the amount of things that happen coincidentally on the same day in this movie yes. it's you know it's a, it's a bit it's a bit hokey sometimes but that also was like just like oh by the way i, I meant to get to your wedding it's like dude that's right. take the day off what are you doing <laughs> that's right go on go on hey look you gave up your boat trip now you don't want to miss college too do you and then the, the 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 contemplation is broken up by uh you know the the, the chairman coming out of the, the room and goes, George, George, they voted Potter down. They want to keep it going. And everyone gets really happy and excited and goes, you did it, George, you did it. But they got one condition, only one condition. What's that? And that's the best part of it. They've appointed George here in, as executive secretary to take his father's place. Oh, no, but, but, but Uncle Billy, you can keep him on. That's all right. As secretary, you can hire anyone you like. Dr. Campbell, now let's get this thing straight. I'm leaving. I'm leaving right now. I'm going to school. This is my last chance. Uncle Billy here. He's your man. But 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 George. And that's how the, this minute will will end. So yeah, yeah. the the whole thing is just very very. Uh, it's it's a strange conversation because you'd think that uh, now we have a name for the chairman, Dr. Campbell. We'll get to that in a second. So Dr. Campbell is so excited. You'd think that over the last three months, he knew that George does not want to move, you know, does not want to yeah. stay on. So why is he so excited? Yeah, it's the fact that he's like, it's the best part. <laughs> That's like, right. The best part is that you get to stay. The whole thing is that he wants to get out of here. That's right. You get to stay. You don't have to leave. But but I want to leave. <laughs> but, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I've been misjudging George this whole time, but I've been like, oh, he's always, he's always out there going on about how much he hates the place and stuff maybe in the scenes we don't see he was there in the buildings alone every day going oh i love everybody here i love this place so much oh my i'm gonna miss you when i'm gone and you know the whole time he's like oh god i can't wait to get the hell out of here that's right i'm like oh he clearly really really wants to say he feels that he's obligated to leave but no no george the best thing is that you can stay now (laughs) yeah so i mean everyone is excited george is the only one who is not and he's in a lot of shock right now Mm. You know, and, this was this was like a Potter's like last ditch attempt of like a, a little bit of revenge. And George's like, I can see the way the waters are turning. So he's like, well, I mean, potentially maybe if George was to stay on as a treasurer, and then he's, he, he, no one finally right with the way the w- winds are blowing is like, if I can just get this apple <laughs> stuck here at least, then I'll have some kind of a win over him. That's right. So he peppers <laughs> in like, oh, okay, well maybe, maybe if George Bailey was to stay here. <laughs> That's right. Now, what's very interesting is is that Uncle Billy mentions that he's fifty five or fifty six. Doesn't doesn't really matter either way, you know, when it comes to that. So, you know, if it's nineteen twenty eight and he is let let's say he's fifty six. Okay, it means that he would have been born in 1872. Mm-hmm. Okay, now uh, Thomas Mitchell, who plays Uncle Billy, was born in 1892, meaning he's 20 years younger. He's only he's his character is theoretically only supposed to, uh, well he would only be 35 if that was the Ooh. case or 30 36. Again, I, the, because of the time discrepancy in the movie, it's it's more of a problem because. I mean, if Mitchell was born in 1892, so when this movie was made, he is 54. Mm-mm. You know, but I was I was but, getting a little bit shook there. I was like, I'm, I'm no, but I'm, the movie, I'm not but, older than Uncle Billy. I'm, that's there's right. No way. There's no way this is happening. <laughs> no, but that's my point. You know, it means it means that in the later parts of the movie, which takes place in 1946, 
Okay, he's he's almost uh, he's in his seventies. You know, Uncle Billy's in the seventies at the end. So I whatever the whole thing is just a little bit strange. The whole thing about the yeah, the age wise. I think a lot of the time jumping, to be fair, it is noticeable. Again, the fact that like Potter just stays looking exactly the same age, and like yeah, Uncle Billy going from fifty five, they would have been in the seventies with no, no, particularly for the time. You know, nowadays maybe that would be. I think no, you still know it's a big difference between somebody in their fifties and somebody in their seventies. Correct, uh, but but then again, let's talk about it uh, from another perspective. How old is Potter supposed to be? Yeah, because we see Potter okay. over three periods of the movie. We see him in 1919. We see him in 1928. I mean, again, we'll we'll see him also in the, the 1930s. But then the main thing is we see him in 1946. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, or 1945. So I think he's always referred to as old man Potter too. Like even that's when, right. When George is implied that he's at least like in his 60s there or something. But like, that's right. Uh, so you know, yeah. maybe maybe he is. Uh, there is a, you know some sort of only thing that some sort of warlock. It, you know, who knows. You got Jimmy the Raven there, keeping an eye on things. There you in, go. In the buildings alone, too. He <laughs> sent him in there. One yeah. of his minions. That's right. Now, to also point out, do you think there's anything symbolic in that though? Because we think though, if, if this Raven is Billy's pet, um, it you feel like it would be like a a good guy character, quote unquote. But the fact that it's over there, like after this is happening, and like Ravens are usually have a kind of gothic, you know, symbolic vibe of death about them. The fact that that it's like, you know, pecking at a house, like a little model house. Like, what what do you interpret that as to me? Because obviously, you know, if the, the the actual bird itself in reality was trained to do tricks, they probably were like, yes, we wanted to peck this little model house, and that would mean something. Like, are they trying to say that this is the death knell of George's future? Like, all his hopes and dreams are going off and becoming an architect and all, et cetera, et cetera. Or is it more that it's the vibe of Potter? And his looming presence over the town. I think it's like, Potter. I think it's, think Potter. it's Potter. Okay. That, okay. That would be my though, guess. You know, a little model house, though, is like remnants of a guy who's go, you know, a guy who's going to train to build buildings. Correct. It's a little model house, and then there's a big ominous presence of death pecking at it. I'm, I, I would be more inclined to say that it's, it's supposed to be, it's more of the presence of like, um, you know, George's future getting. Destroyed. So you're, ah, you're saying the doom of George's future as opposed to, but but again, the, anyone who knows the movie, we know that that this is actually a good thing for George, and this is a good thing for mm. for his family, and it's a good thing for for the town of Bedford Falls. Mm. So mm. you know, yeah, yeah. you can't yeah, really yeah. say that the the Raven is an ominous, uh, you know, presence from that yeah, perspective. It's his uncle who who nearly drives George to suicide at the end due to That's right. losing eight thousand. It's Uncle Billy, and who owns the Raven? It's Uncle Billy. So. That's right. Okay. Okay. All That's right. right. So, I mean, the one last thing I want to talk about here is the this character uh, who's the chairman of the the board, uh, who we just found out in this minute is named Dr. Campbell. Now, do you by any chance recall the name Dr. Campbell being mentioned earlier in the movie? No. No, I don't believe so. Okay. He was actually mentioned last week. When when they call George to tell him when when they you know when they're driving around and they tell George that his father just had a stroke and he the answer is is Dr. Campbell is with him. So basically the 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 chairman of the board of the building and loan is the local doctor, the local physician. <laughs> I got hope I hope he he reads the room better than he did. <laughs> you know, as a doctor, he reads the room better than he does as a chairman of the board because he's like, oh, George, your father just had a stroke. And the best part is he just died. That's right. 
what? <laughs> exactly. And so he's played by an actor named uh, Harry Cheshire, uh, who was born in 1891 and passed away in 1968. He, at the age of 76, he had 169 IMDb credits, and he was mostly his his nickname was Pappy. Okay. <laughs> he was Pappy Cheshire. And he usually played either like a bankers or uh, a townsman in, in in some sort of western town, something like that. He he once played a villain in a movie called The Dangerous Mission, and he was on a TV show uh, where he played uh, the judge. Uh, the TV show was Buffalo Bill Jr. Mm, okay. So yeah, no, I just thought it was really interesting that the chairman of the board of the building and loan happens to also be. Uh, you know, P- Peter Bailey, or actually Bedford Falls, his own little, uh, uh, you know, physician. <laughs> yeah, I think that also that's the thing, though, within small towns is like we actually you do get a lot of that in Ireland, where people people within the community have several jobs and stuff. Um, I always remember we had a oh back in like uh, 2008, we went on a um a boat trip. Like a, uh, you could rent like a little houseboat and go up the Shannon River, uh, and we did that. We and we stopped in several places. Lovely, lovely country down there. You know, the, the Republic of Ireland is a beautiful, beautiful scenery, uh, and such a nice, relaxing place as well. But we went to one place that had like, you like the even like the, the place where you tie up the boat to was kind of like hanging off. Like it had such a kind of weird, ominous vibe about it. And we got there at like 6 p.m. And was walking walking up this town, you know, a town full of buildings. All seemed like they were empty. Like it seemed like the whole town was dead. And hmm. we went into a place, and there was this shopkeeper, and like we're just there going like, "Oh, could we get like some bread and some salt?" And he's just like, "Oh, you'd want to be getting up earlier in the day if you wanted bread, boys." And we're just like, oh, "Okay." And he just had a very threatening kind of presence about him, and we're like, "Oh, we went out of business." A couple hours later, came back into the town. Went, you know, like deep in to the local bar, went there, you know, waiting for a drink. The same freaking guy was the bartender as well. And he just appeared out of nowhere. He's like, what do you want, boys? And we're like, what the hell is it? Is, 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 does this sound literally have one person living in it? What's going on? Apparently. <laughs> yeah, it, it was creepy and very, very weird. <laughs> so, uh, I'm almost terrified to look up that place on a map to find out like, that town doesn't even exist, man. <laughs> I don't know where the hell you went that time. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry. That, 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 no, oh, that's, okay. sorry. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. That's um, all right. But, but what, again, it goes back to the whole question, you know, George is shocked. So what did he think is going to happen here? You know, who, who else could have run the building alone? You know, was it going to be uncle Billy? <laughs> You know, George, George I, I, knew I, I, that it wasn't going to be. I, I get the vibe. George is almost sort of in a little bit of denial here, and that, and the way he's kind of rushing to get his stuff together is that he kind of he can see what's happening. He almost he almost feels the writing on the wall. Like if I don't get out of here now, like something's going to happen to keep me here. That's right. And so he he might be fully aware. Like there's you know he understands like who is going to run this place. No, uh, it's going to end up. I'll get roped back into something here. I need to go now, 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 now. And it's just yeah, that final as you'll you'll get to next, you know, on, on Monday. There's a, there's a there's a proper death knell where it's like, nope, sorry, George, you're here. You're here to stay. That's right. Um <laughs> yeah. All right. Great. Did you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the uh, uh today's segment? 
No, no, I'm just, now I'm just, I'm just so excited to go up and look up more about Jimmy the Raven. Day. <laughs> it's like, no, he was found. They actually found him um, in uh, Andy Warhol's factory with a rubber tube wrapped around his uh, his wing and a, like a heroin needle <laughs> nearby. And <laughs> choked, choked, choked on digested worms or something. Yeah. What's great is that in, in, in uh, Wikipedia, it says, you know, uh, born circa 1934, died after 1954. That's what it says. After 1954, I kind of want to make a little project now of just like photoshopping this raven into like historical events and stuff. <laughs> like having him there is like literally the fall of the Berlin Wall. <laughs> He's on Hasselhoff's shoulder or something. <laughs> that would make sense. All right. Yeah, so yeah. every Friday we have a segment called Oscar Oops, which the mm-hmm. the premise here is is that uh, you know over the 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 past ninety something years, I think it's 93 years that the Oscars have been around. Uh, you know, there's always been controversy as to which movies win and which movies don't win and things like that, because there are no losers. Just, uh, you know, and, you know, a lot of people say that about this movie. You know, It's a Wonderful Life was one of the nominees for Best Picture that year. So I, I thought it would be very interesting to hear from, from my uh, guests what movies they think should have won. Now, obviously, it needs to be something that was nominated that year for best picture, you know, and you know, which, which, what are their top five movies that they think should have won best picture, but didn't. So mm-hmm. once again, start with your number five and work your way up. I was curious as well. If you've got them to know this loss to the best years of our lives, That's right. which was the movies by menace project that Jim O'Kane. Have, mm-hmm. have you had Jim on, Do you know, of course, like if you go up against them, I, I, Jim, Jim has already been on. Jim was on uh, week two of this, of this season. And so he's already told me which of his movies that he thinks uh, should have won. So, ah, okay. 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 All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll go back into old material then. Uh, there you go. But yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird. It's like, um, so a lot of the, uh, the, particularly if you go down that list, so the further back you go, there's so many genuine classics that you'll get to like, um, like my, my number five would be in like 1948. You had um, Hamlet one, the you know the Olivier Hamlet mm-hmm. that has you know, you know friggin' Patrick Troughton and everything in it. But like that's that's up against like literally like, like the Treasure of Sierra Madre, the Red Shoes, and the Snake Pit, which are, I would all say are better than, than that version of Hamlet. So I don't know if that's a combined number five. No, you have no, to pick one of them. Which one of them would you? Yeah. Which, which of those movies would you give the the, the best picture to? I would I'd go for the Treasure of the Sierra Madre. I think that's that, that's that films is a stone cold classic. Literally, not one frame out of place. Absolutely amazing. Whereas that the Olivier Hamlet is just like it's a great performance by Laurence Olivier. Right. <laughs> and the rest of the movie is is, is also there. You know. Um, I'd say then after that, um, I put up uh, well Sunset Boulevard, losing to um, All About Eve, which I just it, that one again also tougher because it's like All About Eve is a great movie, but Sunset Boulevard is clearly a better film. So to me, that's sort of like a what the hell is happening here kind of thing. But it's uh, it, it's also one that's um, it, you know it, I think back in the day there's so many. You know, it could be one of those things like, oh, films were just better back then or whatever. But there's so many ones where you're like, I would agree with that. But also the, the winner is, you know, fair enough kind of thing. Uh, whereas nowadays, you know, you'll get into ones where like, um, say, like Nomadland winning in 2020. 
And I would say, like, many of the nominations were also better than that as well. Uh, but I would put down um, Promising Young Woman would have been. I think that should have got in there over that. I think that's uh, Nomadland, I think, will be very easily forgotten film over the years. Oh, for sure. Whereas Promising Young Woman has, has much, more of a, much more of an impact uh, than that. Um, the one I would, uh, um, you know, I'm losing, I'm losing track of my own list here now, <laughs> but, uh, so then that's three. So down to the final two now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So then I would put, um, this one, um, we might swap this out. Uh, no, no. The one I find it the toughest is that in 1990 you have Dances with Wolves wins, and I like Dances with Wolves. Okay, like that's why my dad really loves that movie. But it's up against Goodfellas, and Goodfellas is just like one of the greatest things that's ever been made by mankind. <laughs> so, but it also doesn't really have the vibe of a Best Picture winner about it. It kind of like, it, so I I, I would. I'm kind of torn about whether it been like, oh, not that's the bull seems like a movie that just should have won best picture. Cause that's just what the Oscars are, are like, you know, um, it's not the best picture, but I, now I'm getting into kind of convoluted things where like, I never agree with the Oscars anyway. Like I've got right. kind of, most of the things I like never even get nominated for Oscars <laughs> a lot of the time. Uh, so, um, like I, I know a person to one of my friends refused, refused to watch the Oscars since uh up one best animated picture against Coraline and she's just like no never again that's been like 12 or 13 years now and she's like ever since then, I was like never never again while I watch the Oscars I'm that outraged by that that loss oh wow um yeah so <laughs> that's but so I'm, that's why I'm a little bit torn about like you know that's a little just seems like it should be best picture just because that's the kind of thing that wins the best picture but Goodfellas is a better film so I'm so I'll put it down though just for okay sake of, uh, just for, just for, all right that, yeah. that is fair. and then the and then the, the the big one that's always been my number one in this regard, uh, and um, it's another Scorsese movie, but it's uh, Ordinary People beating out Raging Bull back in 1980. Whereas Raging Bull is just an absolute masterpiece. Ordinary People is just fine. It's just a, a sort of perfectly perfunctory, okay movie uh, up against like one of Scorsese's best, and it's just it's insane <laughs> that, that like a movie so so ordinary it's so so <laughs> pedestrian one against like not again, again that, that it was multiple nominations coal miners daughter is better the elephant man david lynch's elephant man is better than ordinary people but raging bull losing to ordinary people and raging bull does feel like an oscar movie goodfellas is a bit more of that kind of like uh rough and tumble slightly punk energy to it where it's just like ah, i wouldn't fit in with your your snooty academy awards so i kind of understand dance of the wolves beating that out to a certain extent but Raging Bull is just a great movie. Like it's just a, it, it does feel like a big, just a cinematic masterpiece that de- deserves best picture for that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it, it loses that to a, just some random movie with yeah Judd Hirsch and <laughs> yeah, people sitting around <laughs> dinner tables talking and stuff. Hey, man, whatever. Uh, that that's that's my that's my out my my truly outraged one. Uh, okay. So I'm not gonna. But yeah, but again, there's so many going throughout the yeah. The, you, you provided me with this bountiful list where I was just going through, going, "What the hell? How how to choose?" Even you know, friggin', and then you just get into little things about like you got you know Rocky winning over Taxi Driver and you know Network, and you're like, 
Yeah, that's a tough choice. That's a genuinely tough choice going down through that lamp. But like, but no, no, I won't, I won't get. We've been here for hours discussing this. Now, so. <laughs> that is true. Um, that we can I, do. I want now also want to go through because there must of, of this big big list you provide of nominees and winners. Statistically speaking, Jimmy the Raven's got to be in some of these movies. <laughs> so I now want all right, that is your homework. You can you can go home and uh, you know and, and check those out and and get come back to us later this season and tell us how many uh, best picture uh, nominees Jimmy the Raven was in. Now we know he was in. Uh, you can't take it with you, so he's. He's been in at least yeah, two. Yeah. He was actually uh, the third robber in uh, Dog Day Afternoon, but they cut out his all his scenes. They just cut it down to just John Cazale and Al Pacino. There you go. But it used to be Jimmy Jimmy the Raven out squawking at all the, the crowds and the police and stuff <laughs> outside as well. Exactly. <laughs> all right, great. Thank you very much for that, Niall. Yep. Uh, no, no, no problem. Rob. Thank you for thank you for the. Yeah, int- <laughs> particularly in this episode, thank you for introducing me to my, my whole new – I've got a whole new view in the world now knowing about this, this goddamn bird. So. Okay, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to help. <laughs> That's the important thing. <laughs> All right. Do you want to once again tell people uh, where they can find uh, Niall McGowan? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can find me uh, – listen to me talking a lot more on two shows. Uh, one of them is Miami Minutes, where we're talking about – uh, the craptacular kung fu, although it's not kung fu, it's taekwondo, as I said previously. Uh, classic. Uh, I just like the alliteration. Um, Miami Connection from 1987, which is a movie that's a wonder unto itself, uh, one minute at a time. Uh, that's once a week for me and my co-host John. And then also our main project, my, my main baby, uh, put much more time and effort into, uh, is uh, Batman, where we are examining all the Batman films um, minute by minute. Uh, we've covered the first four of the live-action movies and Mask of the Phantasm now. And I believe our next steps are to go into a mini-season, breaking down uh, the Return of the Joker movie. We're not going to do it minute by minute, but we're going to do it little, a little mini-season on little chunks of that movie. Uh, just to kind of round off that animated universe. And then we'll be back late next year uh, to discuss the 1966 <laughs> Adam West the Batman movie. Minute by minute. Ooh, uh, very so cool. We have all, all that to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, you get all four all four villains in there, so that's great. Yeah, I love I love the yeah. Periscope. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're welcome. Well, 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 you get to be on, Rob. So I have to get if, you get you if in. If you'll invite me, uh, I will gladly gladly partake. And you know, oh, and don't, sure, don't, sure. don't forget, you need to bring your sharper villain. So there you go. <laughs> and I also need to bring out you know look out for Jimmy the Raven to see if he's in there somewhere. No, but he died after 1954, so he might not be there in 1954. He, they, they they don't know what happened to him. That that guy who owned him died. But I mean, Jimmy Jimmy the Raven might be still rocking. <laughs> Anything is possible. That's true. You see in the background doing the bat to see. <laughs> he's got he's got the wings going. <laughs> you never know. He's actually there. He's playing he's playing Two Face in it the whole time. Two Beak was the, the, the villain. They they had to cut out of the movie. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Anything is possible. All right, great. Now, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Oh, I, 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 I did. Oh, you did. <laughs> you see, I lost my train of thought. There you go. So, fine. Thank you very much. It's a long five episodes, Rob. <laughs> the people can forgive me. That's true. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. So, Niall, thank you very much for joining me this week. I will be back next week with a new guest. 
But until then, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly Life with its sorrow, life with its tears.